I've mentioned on the podcast and on Instagram that I'd be talking about the brand and website dis- design process this month because I get asked a lot about how I grew current and whenever I really stop to think about it, I directly correlate hitting my revenue goals, growing my team and getting consistent clients to our brand and website design process because it is so streamlined and strategic. Over the years, I've spent so much time and money investing into our design process that supports the business and life I strive to have. It has allowed me to easily bring on team members, to do quick turnaround times, and in general, become more profitable in the business. A streamlined and strategic design process allows you to stay in your genius zone and produce better results for your clients, show up professionally and as the expert, And overall, again, just be more profitable in your business. I originally sat down to record just one episode about your design process from start to finish and then realized while that would be helpful, it would also be like three hours long and not super effective because it would be information overload, which is why I've kind of divvied up these brand and website design process episodes over a few episodes. So in today's episode, I want to break down the three things that you might not have heard before that most designers are missing in their brand and website design process while also elevating and streamlining your process from start to finish. So let's get into it. Hi, I'm Olivia Austin, brand designer, strategist, business coach, and life enthusiast. I'm obsessed with helping people build a dream life and business that allows them to wake up every day doing what they love and make money doing it. Each episode, I'll take you behind the scenes on how to build an authentic brand, intentional business, and live a life with purpose every single day. So grab a coffee, open up your journal. This is Behind the Design Podcast. Hello. Okay. Before we dive into this episode, which I'm very excited about, we're going to talk about the three things most designers are missing in their process. And rather than giving and providing, you know, key features, I figured the missing aspect might be more helpful and effective because you could think, okay, yeah, I actually don't have that and I can go implement it now versus combing through your entire brand and website design process and being like, okay, what do I do now? But before we get into that, just want to do a little bit of housekeeping. So right now I'm reading Manifest by Roxy Nafousi. So good. I highly, highly recommend getting this as an actual book because it is one, very aesthetically pleasing. The font hierarchy is on point and it's just beautifully designed. And it's just, I have personally found that I've loved reading it before, um, you know, before starting my day or before going to bed. Um, and then afterwards I'll get to keep it as like a coffee table book. So Highly recommend this book, Manifest by Roxy Nafousi. And then also just go back if you haven't already and listen to last week's episode. It doesn't matter the order of these two. You can also, you can listen to this one first and then go back and listen to the other one if you haven't already. Um, But I'm also talking about your design, your brand and website design process because it's completely different, um, but just totally different content. So go back and listen to that. And then I also have a free resource that correlates with this episode, which is the three things that you're missing. So 
I will have like examples um, and visuals and links and all of that stuff and just additional resources to help walk you through. And the link to that is in the show notes. So you can grab that. And then lastly, if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, share it with your friends. Um, I It helps more than you know, and I would really, really appreciate it. Okay, so let's get into the three things most designers are missing in their design process. So to preface this, I feel like I've said this so many times, but I still just want to say it again. Over the last five years of owning running and building current, I have spent a majority of my time and money on my design process. And it is like the number one thing that one, I directly correlate to making multiple six figures in my business, but then also what also I just know that it is really good. (laughs) It's really good. It's allowed me to scale, you know, allowed me to work on my own with clients. It's allowed me to hire, easily hire a team and bring them into the process. It's allowed for um, increased client retention, turnaround times, and just overall a smoother process. So I am a happier designer and able to produce better results for clients. So I feel like I, I just wanted to share that because I feel like my experience with the with this is much more profound and experienced than most would think or that, you know, it's not just another brand and website design process like freebie or podcast. Like I've really put a lot, a lot of thought and time into this um, and know that it were these things that and tips that I'm providing for you can allow you to have 50 clients a year or 10 clients a year. Either way, they are extremely streamlined um, and very simple to follow so that you are not the bottleneck of your business. So the number one thing that you're missing in your design process is an effective way to receive receive feedback. So the first thing that I realized when I was overhauling our design process was that my inbox was being clogged and it was really difficult for me to stay on top of revisions and where we were in the project because I had, you know, multiple different emails I would have to go back and look at previous emails. I would have to like look at forwards and sense. And it was just such a hot mess. I felt like half the time I was just managing my inbox and trying to figure out, okay, what's the next step? Where's the feedback from the client? Um, you know, for example, like if a client was like, oh, well, I liked this in version one, then I would have to comb through my inbox and be like, what was version one? Or something I hear often from coaching clients when they first come to me is their, you know, clients are... Instagram messaging them or they're on Voxer or WhatsApp or whatever that is. So you really want an effective way to receive feedback from clients. And the main way, the main reason for this is it's just not scalable to be receiving um, feedback and everything in your inbox unless you have someone else that's like managing your inbox. But then at the same time, that's also just not scalable. You know, you don't want your inbox to be just clogged with messages from clients. So we use ClickUp for all client communication. And I absolutely love this because it's made for agencies. So it's made to be set up so that you receive feedback from clients. So for example, like in ClickUp, 
you when you send someone a PDF, they can comment directly on the PDF and and like write a comment on it. So they can look at one page and say, I love this color and I love this typography and I love this and that. And then, you know, go to the next page and say, I don't love this. Can we change this to that? And it's directly on the PDF. And this is good for a few reasons. One, you can just see it and you can always go back so they can say, oh, look at my comment here. So if you're on the final round of revision, but you want to just go back to like round number one, you could easily do that because it's all in there. Number two, when you have a team and there's multiple people on the project, rather than having to forward and copy and have all these things and resend emails, you just have everything there. So for example, when my team is working on a project that I haven't been super involved in, but they need my input, I can just go into ClickUp and look at all of the previous messages and the comments from the client and look at different things and without having, without my team having to waste time and like brief me on every single thing. So whether you ha- are a, working as one designer or working with, with a team of multiples, and this goes to for like a copywriter, they can go in and they can see what clients are saying and you, looking at their, you know, word choices and things like that. So just so, so helpful and valuable um, and just does not waste a lot of time. So I know for me, like I'm not good at answering emails. So having everything in ClickUp has been really amazing. Now, I know Notion is also super popular. I don't have, um, I've never used Notion before, so I can't really speak to that. But if you do love Notion and you, you know, want to continue using it, then how can you get client feedback and make it super easy for them to respond to you and give you what you need? And I'm actually going to touch on this as the third point, but we tell clients basically how to give feedback. So in during our onboarding process, we have videos that we provide to the client. And one of the ways is telling them the best way to give feedback and also telling them when we need feedback by. So when we give a client a deliverable, we tell them, you know, here's your new brand design. We're so a brand identity. We're so excited to share it with you. Um, if you could please provide feedback by X date and the best way to give feedback is, and then we just give them like a link to the video that shows them the best way to give feedback. And this has been super helpful because we do get questions from clients who, you know, what's the best way to give feedback or clients just that give bad feedback because they've never been in this process before. So just really giving them, giving them all the information and resources that they need in order to, yeah, make, um, you know, provide really good feedback because this is one thing that I have found that clients don't, that we struggle with clients. So like a major way, a major thing besides gathering content and copy from clients is getting effective feedback that moves the project forward. So we have usually have two problems with getting feedback. One is clients are like, I don't like that. And they give nothing like, I don't like, you know, I don't like the serif or I don't like that color. or I wish it was brighter. I wish it was darker. So getting actually effective feedback is very, very important for the project to move forward. And then also just not knowing how to give 
like the best way to give feedback. So that is what we found. I think that having effective an effective way to give feedback um, and set your clients up for success in that way is the number one thing that most designers are missing in their client process. So set your clients up for success. What you could do is think, okay, what are the most common questions that I get on feedback? What is the biggest issue that I have? Is it them getting caught in my inbox or it getting caught in their inbox? Like how can I make this part of the process so easy that they easily just get back to me and I'm able to move forward on the project? And then you can also think in terms of scalability. If you are wanting to hire another designer to help you with projects, how can you not be the middle person when getting feedback. So for example, this actually happened to me and, or used to happen to me when I first started building my team is like, I would send the deliverable to the client and then the client would give me feedback and then I would relay it to the designer. And a lot of times this was causing a lot of confusion. I was still having to brief the the junior designer on what the client was looking for. And we all know that that makes it very difficult. Um, you know, it's easier to hear from the client for the designer to hear directly from the, from the client. And I wanted to set our team up for success in that aspect. So I started to think, how can I eliminate myself from this process? And that was through, um, using ClickUp and just having systems in place for that to happen. So thinking of ways to that are scalable that you can receive effective feedback from clients. So the second thing that is missing in most designers' design process are project timelines. And the biggest objection that I get from my coaching clients, and even this was me myself, was like, I don't want to stick to a timeline. Like, what if I can't stick to the timeline? And I totally get that because I am definitely not a routine gal. So having to have something completed by a certain date is like was a little bit scary for me. But you have to have a project timeline. Like you just absolutely have to because scope creeps are not profitable. If a project is going on for months and months, tasks are continuously added, there's no like deadline or anything, you are setting yourself up and your clients up for failure. And you have to have a a, a project timeline in order to stay on track and keep the expectations and boundaries up front immediately. So what a project timeline does is basically tells the client that they are the priority between this date and this date. If they cannot follow the project timeline, then they, you know, things will be different outside of those dates. So it sets expectations and boundaries immediately. So you have the project timeline and you say, this is what I need by then. If you can't do this for me, you will be a breach of contract um, and I won't be able to, you know, it, it will be an issue with the, within the project. And while that, you don't need to say it like that, <laughs> but, and while that sounds harsh, the whole point is so that you keep the momentum of the project going and you're not constantly just trying to wrap things up and finish. Like the longer the project goes, the less of the momentum that you have, the less the momentum the client has, and then the results that are produced are much lower. And then it also makes it difficult for you to continuously bring on new clients if there's, you know, lingering projects in the background. So having these project timelines gives you 
one sets you up for profitability and then it sets the expectations and boundaries up front immediately. So one issue that I think we forget as designers, which I did mention in the last podcast episode, was that we forget to over communicate. So we need to tell the clients not only this is the project timeline, but this is why it's important. Why the project timeline directly correlates to the results that you will see in your project. So it's not only about you and your sanity, but also for the clients, you know, overall their, their work. And what I do is, you know, you really need to track the amount of hours and the amount of time it actually takes you to do things. If you do that and you have an average of three projects where you can say, okay, brand strategy takes me two weeks, brand design and identity, brand identity takes me three weeks. So I'm going to give myself six weeks for brand strategy and brand identity to have a little bit of buffer time. And I know that this is what it is from start to finish. And within the project timeline, you have to put feedback turnaround times in there. So there has to be some sort of boundary set around feedback because if the client is like, oh, sorry, I was, you know, my son was late to work and whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I just made that up. Um, then that has to be, you know, that that can't always fall on you because then what's going to happen is If every, you know, if you have multiple clients not providing feedback, then all of a sudden you have a full busy, busy week of just doing stuff for clients because no one got back to you, then that's going to be a problem and that you can't plan your business around that. And that's how you get burnt out. So, so many issues with project timelines and not having them, but I completely understand like worrying about, you know, you having to stick to the project timeline and whatnot, but you really want to make sure that it's around you and it's it's to help you and the success of the project. So number two is really make sure that you have project timelines in place to prevent scope creeps. And lastly, the third thing that most designers are missing in their design process is a client resource library. I have had a client resource library for years now that basically takes the client step-by-step through the design process. So they're able to walk themselves through the entire onboarding process, what to expect for within each different phase of the design process, and then just other housekeeping things like how to give proper feedback, how to fill out a Pinterest board, what information to provide for XYZ. And this has eliminated so much back and forth, so much questions. I'm getting ahead of the questions before the client even asks them so that they know where to go in order to get those answers. And it just, number one, it elevates the client experience, but it also takes a lot off of my plate from, yeah, just having to answer questions that I know clients are going to have because a lot of clients have that. So Basically, what we have is a client resource library that's hosted in Kajabi, and I have it in Kajabi because Kajabi is just the GOAT. It's just the best for, you know, teaching clients on, like, how to do anything. I also know if you have Thrivecart, there's, like, a learning tab that you can use Thrivecart. Um, It doesn't matter where this is. You can even just host it as a hidden page on your website. But basically, we have the entire design process. So if you haven't, again, I talk about this in last week's episode, but 
We have the seven stages of our design process. And within that, we have all of the videos walking through the client through how to, you know, just all different things. So the main thing we have is the entire onboarding process. So when someone signs on with us, we book a kickoff call two weeks out. And this gives the client the opportunity to finish their discovery questionnaire, their Pinterest board, and the copywriting questionnaire. So that by the time we have the kickoff call scheduled, we can then um, review all of their work and then we can get started on brand strategy immediately after the kickoff call. So during the onboarding process, we send them the video library. So it walks them through all of these things, how to schedule your call, how to fill out your questionnaire, how to fill out your Pinterest board, how to schedule your, you know, your future calls and your website calls and all of that. So that we're not sending the same exact thing to the client, the same cl- the same thing to clients over and over and over again. And we, by the time we show up to the kickoff call, we have everything that we need to get started immediately. So this has been absolutely huge. And again, we host ours in Kajabi because it's just the most beautiful and easy thing. Um, but you can do this in multiple different ways. So like I said, you can do it in the Thrivecart learning tab. If you prefer to use Teachable, you could do that. You can even have it as like, you can just have it as a PDF if you want. Um, you can have them just as like a, a Loom videos. You can also have it as a hidden page on your website, whatever that looks like for you. But this is super, super helpful. And it's also very, very scalable. So like I said, when we send things to our clients, our, anyone on our team can refer to the client video library and say, hey, go check this out. And it, you know, it the client can just go to the video library without us, again, having to repeat ourselves, And then the questions aren't always relying on you as the CEO. So I want to go back through these things. So the three things that most designers are missing in their process. So one is an effective way to give feedback that's not clogging your inbox. Number two is project timelines that prevent scope creeps. And number three is a client resource library. Oh, one thing I do want to add within the client resource library is like uh, links that you use often. So for example, like affiliate links, um, links to email marketing, G Suite, um, Kajabi, uh, Show It, whatever it is that you use. This is also really helpful because I know sometimes clients come to us and they're like, what do I use? And we can just send them to the um, resource library that has all different like relevant links and business tools and all that stuff. Okay, so I hope that was helpful and that you liked this episode. Again, there's a free resource that dives, you know, gives a more visual visual representation of each of these three missing things that you might have in your design process. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out, send me a DM. But otherwise, I will see Thank you so much for tuning into Behind the Design Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Austin, designer, business mentor, and life enthusiast here to help you build your dream life and business. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, and share. And don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at byoliviaaustin. I would love to hear from you. Head to byoliviaaustin.com for free trainings, business resources, courses, and other ways to work with me. I will see you in the next episode.